My name is Matt Brown. Baseball wins tonight. He throws. Trout strikes out swinging. And let's start the show. How can you not be romantic about baseball? better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Now we have so much going on. It's a huge show. We're talking all things baseball today and it's going to be one of the best things you've heard all day. Our MLB preview is just around the corner. And before we get into that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasted platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Today's focus is all things baseball. Opening day is this Thursday. It is tomorrow, March 30th, and we have a great show for you. And we're going to preview everything that is important, relevant, and interesting to talk about. We are going in with a brand new Productive Conversations baseball crew with the addition of Leandro and A. Young, which is great Really great to have them back. Leandro Rodriguez and Alex Young are returning to the crew. We also have Hayden Nadler talking all things baseball with us all season long. So it's cool. We have two Yankee fans and two Met fans and four huge, huge baseball fans who know a thing or two about breaking the sport down. So today's show will be all things baseball. We are going to preview each and every single division. We are going to talk about the big headlines coming into this season. We're going to make our futures picks and we are going to see what the hell is going on in the world of baseball. After an incredible World Baseball Classic, this sport cannot have any more momentum And I really think this is going to be one of the most interesting and fun baseball seasons we're ever, ever going to see. So why don't we come together and why don't we bring the crew here and let us talk things baseball. Let us preview the 2020 MLB season with three of the best guys around. So let's do it. Hayden Nadler, Leo Rodriguez, and Alex Young. It's your guys' turn. Let's preview the 2023 MLB season. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Finally, baseball has come back to the masses, and it cannot have any more momentum than it has right now. So let's take advantage of it. Opening day officially starts this weekend. And it's all baseball every day until the beginning of November. How can you not like that? Yankees and Mets have high expectations. Some other teams might be some sleepers. And we're going to take you all through it all season long. So our crew, we have Hayden Nather joining us. Hayden, what's up, buddy? Uh, Not much. How are you guys? Awesome. Check out his new episode of the Settle the Score podcast. He did some awesome stuff on the World Baseball Cup, Classic, UFC Hall of Fame, uh, Final Four, some good stuff there. Alex Young is here. What's up? Good to see you, Alex. And Leandro Rodriguez has joined us. What's up, Leandro? I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for having me. 
Great to see you, buddy. One thing Leo did that was so cool, he actually attended the World Baseball Classic. Just quickly, how was that experience? Yes, that was an experience. Uh, I'm, it was amazing. I may never go to a World Series game, but going to that might be the closest thing to it. I went to see um, uh, DR versus, versus Nicaragua and DR versus Israel with my father. So that was pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. And this was in Miami? Yes, yes. Look at that. Probably part of the biggest crowd they've ever had in World <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good stuff there. But yes, baseball is starting. The World Baseball Classic brought a lot of momentum. You know, we know what happened. Japan won. They had big battles there. But uh, it's some pretty good stuff, guys. How excited are you for this baseball season? I mean, I'm really excited for it. I mean, I think they need to carry off the momentum off the World Baseball Classic and make it into a more um, globalized brand. Uh, I thought the World Baseball Classic was one of the best sporting events in the last five to ten years. It was truly awesome. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, when we begin the show and kind of start more into that. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Um, the Yankees are coming off in with some momentum. They just called off Anthony, Anthony Volpe mm-hmm. to be the starting shortstop, hopefully, or wherever they want to move him in the infield. So definitely got some hope for the Yankees. And then the Mets have obviously one of the highest payrolls coming into the season uh, that they've had in the history of their franchise. So. Should be a good year for both New York teams. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm super excited for baseball. Uh, you know, right right around now, it'll be the show drops. So I've been playing a bunch of MLB the show, getting ready uh, <laughs> for that. I've been streaming that today. Extra special sex on Twitch. I'm going to promo it, Matt. I'll be streaming MLB the show a lot more frequently. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for baseball, especially at the World Baseball Classic. It was awesome to see all that. Uh, the atmosphere was crazy. Leo was there. He, you know, he explained how awesome it was. Um, you know, just to see that on TV, I was messaging you guys like, this is insane. It sounded like it was like, you know, soccer going on. It sounded like the World Cup was going on. The stadiums were crazy. There's chance. It was awesome. Um, but it got me super pumped up for this season. Um, and, you know, especially watching arguably the best player in baseball, Shohei Otani, dominate throughout the World Baseball Classic and gain a giant following, even bigger following than he had, and see him kind of now take the face of baseball. So it's going to be a fun year. You know, especially we'll talk Mets, obviously, and me being a Mets fan. Um, but I'm super excited. I think there's a lot of great storylines to look at this year, and I think it's going to be a really, really fun season. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a big baseball fan. Um, whenever you hear opening day is one of the greatest days, at least to me. It, it's spring. I mean, spring is here. Summer's coming. And uh, with baseball, just... I feel like there's a whole bunch of teams that could win it all, and uh, I feel like every almost every team has a chance. And I feel like the World Baseball Classic just was a nice precursor to what things to come. Excellent stuff, gentlemen. You know, one of the big things to discuss coming into this season in particular is there. There's going to be a lot of rule changes. We have the shift. No more. We have a pitch clock, which has been a huge success already in the spring training. Hopefully it lessens the games. We have two pickoffs. There's going to be only two pickoffs per at bat, I believe. You can only mm-hmm. throw it twice. Yeah. So we're going to see more. Um, we're likely going to see more stolen bases. And we also have bigger bases in general. Again, this is to help emphasize offense, help help um like i said speed the game up which we've been waiting for a long time and 
also just going to have some more office throughout. So a lot of changes. And the first thing to really emphasize and hit on, guys, are these changes going to be good for baseball? Or are they going to be bad? Um, I think they're going to be good for the game. Um, I think the traditionalists need to kind of go away already. Um, I think the game needs to change, needs to speed up. Um, I hate always hated the shift. I feel like the fact that it's going to be less. I just I'm just going to clarify something. That should, isn't the shift technically allowed? But you can't play in the outfield region of right and left. You can't in the infield still. You can't have the shortstop slide over anywhere past second base. Okay. You, you can still kind of do some weird. Technically, you, still allowed to shift, but I know the second. You, yeah, you, you can, yeah, field. exactly. You can't really okay. have that hidden guy in, in, um, the, in the. I outfield. mean, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's good that the, the level of, you know, the level of um, the extremeness of the shift is, is going to be taken down. It's going to be able to. It's better for the hitters. Um, it's. Good. I think the game will be easier. Um, you know, personally for me, I think if I was a left-handed batter, all I would do is just lay down a bunt down the third baseline. But that being said, I mean, for these power hitters that aren't necessarily taught bunting, um, I think it's going to be good for the game. I think it's going to be better for batting average. And I feel like the ga- pace of the game needed to needed to improve. There's going to be less fluff and less dead time in the game, which I think is something that the, the game really needed to address. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I really agree. Um, I want to get rid of this shift for a while. I, I think it just brings back the more natural old days of baseball. Um yeah, I think it calls for a little bit more strategy now, um, and I think it's going to work wonders. I think it's going to produce more offense, but I think we're going to see players make still great defensive plays. We just saw Volpe uh, speaking of him it, today, made or today or yesterday. I think it was today. Yeah, he made an awesome made a, play. Yeah, made an insane play today. Same, but he was playing in his natural position. You know, it wasn't some weird shift thing, whatever. Like he still had the range to make that. I think you know we need that in the game. Um, and like I said, I think it's still just going to call for more natural hitting. I think batting average is going to go up. I love the pitch clock. I think it's still going to take a little while for everyone to kind of get used to, but I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's great for both sides. I really haven't seen it where it has been an advantage to either side. Um, we've seen pitchers quick pitch. We've seen hitters get ready real quick. We've seen a whole bunch of things. I think it adds a whole bunch of variety to the game. And like I said, I love I love the pickoffs. You're only limited to how many times have we been at a game or watching a game where there was like five or six pickoffs straight in a row just because the pitcher felt rattled or needed to adjust. I couldn't stand that. Uh, but I, like, like you said, Matt, I think it's going to allow more steals. I think there's going to be a lot more excitement to the game. Um, and I think it's just going to be a natural feeling with these rule changes where it's just going to be a really fun brand style of baseball. Um, and yeah, like, you know, it's the traditions need to, to back off because I think once they kind of see how the game's evolving and how the game is, we needed these changes in order to have a little bit more fun out there, but also to add a little bit more uh, strategy to the game um, instead of just, you know, effortless shifts just to get these pull hitters out. Yeah, I was actually one of those traditionalists. <laughs> I hated everything about it. And then I started watching a few of the spring training games and I absolutely hmm. loved it. Absolutely loved it. It felt like I was playing MLB the show. Like it was a pitch, I had second pitch, next pitch, and it just it went perfectly. It was weird because some of the players had to adjust. Hmm. Some of the pitches was like, all right, he's a, he's a fastball. <laughs> but it was um, uh, it, the speed of the game and like you can't go, you, the pitches are not there fidgeting or looking at the crowd or just, they're just throwing whatever pitch is next. And um, the shift, I love it even more. Just play 
I love the shortstop playing shortstop, third base playing third base, second base playing second base. Can the outfield still shift though? I'm yeah, sure. they can still they can still make their move like the alignments. I think we're still going to see that in the outfield of them kind of okay, flying okay. over. It's just the natural shift that we see where you have pretty much the right, wall right. of three and then your outfield. I think you'll still see slides over, but yeah, it's not like yeah. the whole three infielders on the where the left infield. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. There, that makes sense. Yeah, I love it. More offense, more just more excitement to the game. It was such a so many strikeouts. Every every ball was caught. There was a over the person there just <laughs> per, 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 positioned perfectly. Um, the pitcher going to sec to first base. Just he could throw it twice only. I think. Yeah, only right? twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be a. Weird. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be so weird because once the pitcher throws, once the pitcher throws once, you know the runner's gonna go. He's like, I'm leaving now. So <laughs> that's gonna be fast. That's gonna be great. I can't wait. I mean, uh, two. One thing you're gonna see with the pitch clock is you're gonna see more pitchers going from the stretch as opposed to the windup because you don't have, yeah. to have time to do a complete that's windup true. when you're pitching in that. So it's gonna be. I think pitching is gonna be. I'm trying to think. I actually think it's gonna be harder to pitch, and I think it's gonna be easier to hit. Because I feel like you're going to be able to lock in quicker. Yeah, you're going to. It's going to force you to lock in quicker as a hitter. Um, but as a pitcher, it might rush. It might rush your delivery. Um, it might lead to more walks. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. You I feel it's like a bad it's thing? good for the hitters as opposed to, and uh, not necessarily as good for the pitchers. I think it really depends on the pitcher at the end of the day. Because I know like Max Scherzer loves the pitch clock because he yes. just feels he can fire the ball. Same with Nestor Cortez. If you watch him a lot in spring training, he loves the pitch clock. He loves <laughs> either manipulated either way. Uh, so I think there's pitchers out there that are going to use their advantage. But yeah, and I think there's going to be some pitchers that might struggle a little bit in adjusting just because of how they were or how they are as pitchers. Um, but yeah, same with the hitters. I mean, they have to get ready within, you know, like eight seconds. So, I mean, it's also that too, but, uh, but I think it's going to be an adjustment period for sure. But from what I've seen, at least watching, I don't, like I said, I haven't seen a clear cut advantage, but I do see where there are, you know, cons to both the hitting side and the pitching side where the pitcher can feel rushed. I know like when I can't remember, I was reading a story or seeing on Twitter, I think it was Atlanta. I think like Max Reed or someone was pitching to Ronald Acuna. And they had the pitch clock on, and it was like a two-two count. Then it was a three-two count, and Freed was like felt rust, so he was like, "I got to throw a fastball." And Acuna <laughs> was like sitting on it, and he just crossed it to the moon. Whoever was pitching oh, in that, but it was because it was that. It was because like he felt like, "Oh crap, there's five seconds left. I need to get a fastball down there." Right. And Acuna's such a good hitter. He's like, "Oh, he's got to be a fastball. Like I'm just gonna sit on it." So I think that's where we might see that at times. My main concern with the pitch clock is because you saw something from spring training. Is that like a game ended because like a game literally ended like with the yeah. pitch because the yeah. guy couldn't like pitch the ball fast enough. Yeah. yeah. And like I I'm really, just concerned yeah. at the end of the game, if that happens, like it could, that could really affect the game. So I, yeah, I don't know how that's, that's just bound to happen. Yeah. I feel like that's gonna, definitely yeah. going to happen at one point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I I, ho- I really hope that they figure out that that kind of ruling or of that for like late in the game because I think all of us as fans would hate to see that if it's like yeah. bottom of the ninth, two men on. Like two imagine out, in like game seven of violation. the yeah. you know game seven of the yeah. ALCS like the yeah. Yankees versus the Astros like yeah. you lose yeah like, 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 yeah, like a pitch clock violation cost me like I, I, yeah. I want to like I want to kill someone if that yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, I would think that. You know, unless it's like egregious, I I would feel like there'd be something where they might be like, all right. I mean, like, what what someone yeah. else do is like 
Like, I think they need to have a little bit of leeway with it. Like, in, yeah. like in, in the NFL, like if you get if you get the snap off like at like zero or like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. after, yeah, you won't necessarily yeah. call it a flag. Like, yeah. that's that's what I think we need to do with the pitch clock. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I think it would have to be like something egregious where like it is clearly zero and he's holding the ball for like <laughs> so five extra cool. seconds. Then it's like okay, that's that's a violation. But because they hit zero, it's not like yeah, game over. It's like no, it's like all right, you're fine. Like yeah. But we'll see. It's all new rules, so we'll be interesting to see, especially early this year. Yeah, and also it's just the fact that these games are going to be so much faster. I read that spring training games were lessened by an average of 24 minutes. So mm-hmm. an average half an hour, how could you not be upset about that? If a game literally ends at 10 o'clock on a weeknight, everybody's winning there. And everybody's going to be winning when we see quality baseball so let's hit on these teams as well. And we'll start with the New York Yankees right now. We'll focus really heavy on our New York sports as we're all tri-state area guys. So the New York Yankees last year had Aaron Judge literally carry the team on his back. Had a thrilling wild card se- uh, division series with the Guardians. Uh, they won the wild card game. I'm just blanking my mind. Who did they beat in the... No, they didn't. They just in the wild game. Yeah, they beat Cleveland. Cleveland. I thought yeah. For, yeah, so they beat Cleveland yeah, wall beat to wall last year. Getting five, and then uh, they get embarrassing swept by the Astros. How do you do it? How do you improve this team? You pick up Carlos Rondon, and who's going to be on the IL? You keep Josh Donaldson. You keep IKF. You literally keep the team almost the exact same. Great job, Brian Cashman in the Yankees front office. But a way that they can redeem themselves was giving the hottest prospect in baseball right now a chance. And Anthony Volpe is going to be your starting shortstop at only 21 years old for the New York Yankees. The way that Anthony Volpe is being covered right now, I really think he's going to the Hall of Fame. I've never seen a player hyped <laughs> this much, even more than Aaron Judge. Like, this guy can do no wrong, according to Twitter. And... um. I'm just going to ask, do you think Anthony Volpe is going to lead up to the hype? Is he going to be a rookie of the year this year? Um, I mean, I think Anthony Volpe is the real deal. Um, This year, hopefully they can utilize him with Peraza and um, the other infielders they have, kind of utilize him like Lemayhew too. Um, They ultimately want him to be like the shortstop, but I mean, I hopefully he can kind of play utility role, play a lot of different positions on the infield. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be answering to see if his bat kind of speeds up to his glove because there's been a lot of a lot of promise around his defense. Um, his <laughs> offense, I think, needs to maybe kind of see if they balance. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how exactly his glove is going to compare with his his bat. Yeah, so, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see him. I'm excited to see him. I think he was well-deserved. Um, I have no idea if he got sent down, how Cashman was going to be able to cover that. So <laughs> uh, good on him for, for doing the right thing at, at this point uh, because we've seen too many times over the years these top prospects getting sent back down for stupid reasons, contracts, whatever, X, Y, Z. So it's good to see him up. Um, he has all the intangibles to be good. I know there's a lot of pressure on him. He's in New York. But again, he has a guy like Aaron Judge who went through that, uh, you know, relatively recently, a few years back. Obviously, when he was coming up, you know, he was billed as this next big thing. He delivered, obviously. So and not Gary Sanchez. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so you know, I think he has a great group uh, around him that can help him. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's 
very, very interesting. Um, I know, you know, Yankee fans are excited, as they should be. It's a young kid, young shortstop. Everyone knows what the meaning of that is, the significance of having a, a star young shortstop on a Yankees team. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm excited to see him. Um, I know the pressure's on for him. Uh, Yankee fans, take it easy on him early. If he struggles, he's a rookie. He's going through a lot. Don't say, oh, he's a bust already. It's going to take some time for him to adjust. But I like everything that he brings. I love all the intangibles he has. Um, but like, you know, Hayden said, I think it's going to be interesting to see how his bat develops. I mean, he had an excellent spring. Um, and he's made flashes with the gloves. So I think he has everything to be a star in New York. Um, so I'm excited to see him. He's going to be the guy definitely going to be tuning in. Even as a bet fan, I'm going to be tuning in to watch and see how he does, um, especially around this year, just to see how he's uh, adjusting to the pro level. Matt, um, as a Yankee fan, do you think they're going to be able to weather all the injuries to their starting pitching staff at the beginning of the season? Rodon, um, pretty much their, their rotation's really banged up right now. And then you have uh, – Harrison Bader is hurt as well, so there mm-hmm. are a lot of injuries to to weather early in the season. Do you be, do you think this is going to really affect their their pitching staff in April and May? Um, do you I think they're going to weather the storm? I hope this is like a, a 2019 situation. Next man up. Um, I yeah, like the first we had five starting pitchers coming in, and three of them are going to be on the IL to start off. I think this team can be deep enough, and the bullpen is underrated to provide that. And um, I think they will be able to recover once and for all, but you know, it makes you nervous, but you know, Cashman is there to stay. He could do no wrong in front of the Steinbrenners. You know, you could bring bums in and he'll uh, stay. So I just hope they back it up. And these prospects must be the real deal. If they're not going to make deals like they should be. Um, I'm just very How concerned. Do you feel? They didn't do enough to, to really get above that proverbial hump in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, you won 99 games last year with this team, um, but, you know, they still cannot seem to get past Houston and and the cream of the crop in that series. So I just don't – I honestly do not feel like um, they did enough. Don't. So, they didn't. Um, yeah, I'm very concerned about that from my perspective. Um, we'll see. We'll see moving forward um, how that's going to play out. But I think they really need to make another – addition for another i even think they need more they need another bat and more pitching at the trade deadline yeah and then we have a you know here's josh donaldson who should stay we're also oh, talking God. about division oh, position players boy. um oh, boy. also just leah how do you feel about anthony volpe real quick oh it's oh you i know yankees fans are real excited so the mets have a whole bunch of position players that we were all excited to see and they're yeah. all going to send yeah. down to the minor leagues. So, <laughs> I didn't so, want to bring it up, but we will talk about that. <laughs> right. So I know I see Anthony Volpe, shortstop for the New York Yankees playing in Yankee Stadium. I know the excitement is there. Um uh, I mean and he I know he may seem they might be a lot of pressure on him. I'm, I'm, I'm already hearing you know, Derek Jeter as well. So they need yeah, to lower yeah. the That's expectations. That's the one thing. That I... Right. But he's going to probably bat at the, end, at the end of the lineup. Every judge is there. Rizzo, Torres, McDJ. So I think he's going to set it nicely. Nice ballpark. I think he'll be just fine. Right. And, you know, also I'll add this to Hayden. So um, the left field situation, Brian Cashman literally said in uh, right before the winter meetings, we need a left fielder. And he got 
nobody. Um, <laughs> and I swear to God, their their obsession with Aaron Hicks is like it's just <laughs> it's a joke. It's like it's, it's literally it's, like they pay these people off to to like a politician. Ridiculous. I mean, I mean, Aaron Hicks good is a good player, but I mean, he's been hurt. He's always hurt. Never stays healthy. Um, his production is very middling at best. Um, I mean, I don't know what they're. I mean, I. There, there's there's certain times I, I think you know he may be getting under the table and blowing him at, at certain points Aaron Hicks because I I don't you know I don't think you're wrong you know that's I why don't know I said what is going on with Aaron Hicks they're just so obsessed with him and like I I don't really understand that. I feel like they could definitely upgrade but they don't really want to from Donaldson or Hicks. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's uh, it, it's frustrating, and that's why I said they just must have the the highest faith in these prospects, and. I hope Oswaldo Peraza is the guy to go into uh, being left field. Yeah, they had another guy who had a really good spring. I forget. Um, not not uh, not Volpe. There was another guy who had a really good spring. Jason yeah. Dominguez. Yeah, yeah he's Dominguez supposed to be really the Martians. Well, and the Martian. Yeah, the Martian. But he's still a few. I know he's. I know he's dumb young. He really is. I, so that's why I feel like he didn't call back up. He'll he'll be up soon. It's gonna be like I feel like the Volpe treatment. Like he, we all know he's he's inevitable. Like I feel like it's just. He's inevitable, but I think they would just still want him to develop. I think it's bit, nice. But he's it's still gonna be nice awesome. to see some of the new guys play, though some of yeah. the young guys. Yeah, I think it's about sure. time. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how all you could really sell us as Yankee fans. These prospects are better than anyone we could get on the market. And yeah, it's 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 gonna be a tough road ahead. And they also the question I asked: Should Don Carlos Stanton play the field more this season? I think yes. I think so too. But yeah, I mean, I think he's for got sure. a good arm. He's got a pretty good glove. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We still that. got it, and I think I should think he should arguably be the starting left fielder. And uh, he said himself, "I play better when I'm doing both sides of the field." And yeah, you just wonder what goes through these guys' heads or what the analytics nerds are telling them and stuff. Are we pro analytics or not? You want to know one thing? I will say with the analytics quickly, and then we'll we'll hit on the Mets. Japan beats us in the World Baseball Classic, and allegedly they use no analytics at all. Just hardcore, authentic, old school baseball, and they wow. beat the country who created the sport. Now I understand this is just a small tournament. I understand analytics have some benefits to the regular season, but I think that should be pointed out there right now <laughs> that the Japanese who don't use analytics beat us out. I did not game. know that. <laughs> I did not know that. I think I mean, analytics analytics is just fine but i think it gets to a point where they just overuse it to the mm-hmm. point like okay you just you only I, mean, think, I, I, I think it's overused i think it's overused more with pitching than it is with hitting like yeah. right lefty, if, you, if you're a good pitcher you can get out of lefty you're whether you're a lefty or righty right if you're a really good pitcher you, you can get guys out either sides of the plate yeah um, that's fine pitching, it's, it's completely overused fine, with hitting but, uh, with hitting, I don't, I don't disagree with it. I feel like, um, I do feel like with the hitting, you're, you're like they talk about a money ball. Your chances, each and every pitch, do change. I mean, it is kind of like going at it, you know, like like blackjack or, or like at a card table. Like your chances yeah. of each and every pitch and each and every at bat, um, depending on the pitch and depending on who the pitcher is, do change. So I, I actually do agree with that for for hitting. I agree with analytics for hitting. For pitching, I'm not, I'm not as big of a fan of it for pitching. Yeah. Um... Matt knows my feeling on analytics. It's it's like very up and down with me. I think there's benefits, but I think there's also uh, a lot of negatives with analytics. Um, I'm like with Leo, where I like analytics to a certain point where it's helpful, but when you rely on it too much, where it's like a detriment to your team and or the game, I hate it. 
my always example I look is Blake Snell in the World Series. <laughs> Dude yep. is lights out, unstoppable, but because analytics told their coach to take the guy out, because like if you see the lineup for the third time or the, whatever the hell it was, yeah. XYZ is going to happen. And I think that changed the directory of them winning a World Series. In my honest opinion, it changed the, they, they got rid of Snell shortly after that. Like, every, you know, the Rays still were solid. But that was to me, I was annoyed because that was a, such an analytically, uh, like analytic driven decision where you should have at that moment gone with your gut. This dude is dealing. I always tell Matt, like, if the dude's dealing and then, okay, he gives up a, like two hits back to back, okay. <laughs> maybe time you did your right. job but now, now we're seeing you okay pull the plug not like oh, okay all right top of the lineup he's gone like i always hate that so um like i said i think there's benefits analysts but when it starts impacting not like moves or just instincts for baseball or decision making that's where i start getting bothered so yeah that's really my stance on that yeah we're, we're never gonna see a no hitter or perfect game ever again and um, also, I something. Um, just to, with some of these umps, like I don't know if anyone saw the JT Real Muto incident. Oh God, I really, yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen. I definitely happen. do feel like with the with the pitch clock changing, we're gonna get to a point in the next five ten years where it's gonna be robot umps, robot umps. Like if, we'll, if the umps keep on doing what they uh, did to JT Real Muto, we're going like, to it quicker. And there's gonna be an automated strike zone. Like I, I think we're we're approaching that. Probably in the next five ten years, that's gonna happen. If they already have the pitch I clock, I think so too. They're testing it out in the minors. It's only a matter of time. Oof. Well, one, one cool thing about this crew this season is we do have two Yankee fans and two Met fans. And now we can give this to the Met fan side of things. The New York Mets spent a bajillion dollars this <laughs> offseason. Mostly on their pitching. Not a lot of upgrades in the... Um, uh, in the position players, but let's start. Let's break it down. The Mets are going to have two two starting pitchers that are closer to forty than twenty. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, though coming off of a Cy Young Award season, will be your starting your one two punch for the Mets. Is this one two punch going to last? Um, left, right, does. And then they got Cody Sanger too. So. Yes, Code I Sanger. We'll talk about Sanger. I'm excited about Sanger. So excited. Uh, but I guess with Verlander and Scherzer, it's interesting because I think the Mets are doing kind of a similar thing where when we had DeGrom and Scherzer last year where they're hesitant to have them be like the back-to-back of the rotation. I don't know if you guys see like the projected starting rotation for the Mets this year, but it's Scherzer, David Peterson, Verlander, <laughs> Sanga, uh, and then I think it's Carrasco. Um, so it's like you'd think you'd be built, you know, like Verlander. Like Peterson to me is like the five guy in the rotation because they're afraid of this back to back to these stars. Great uh, <laughs> lot of time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm obviously nervous. They're both older guys, uh, both competitors, and always want to, you know, got things out, and I think that's what gets nervous. I think it's what we got nervous when Scherzer got hurt last year because we know he always tries to push it to the limit, and I think that what kind of hurt him in the second half of the year. Um, I was going to excited to see these two guys. They're veterans that have stood the test of time. Um, obviously, it is nerve-wracking because it's like, oh, when is Father Time going to catch up to them? And you just hope it's not this year because we really need the two of them to be really, really solid. Um, but it's going to be exciting. I, I hope it lasts. I think the Mets... Uh, luckily, I have a little bit more depth um, 
this year. Um, that'll help weather the blow um, if anything were to happen to them. But like I said, I think these guys and how the things they are, these guys aren't really, you know, pushing anymore seven, eight, going complete games unless it's a masterful performance. Um, so I think, you know, the Mets are definitely going to be cautious early on to ease these guys into season. But it's going to be really fun to see uh, these two um, in the Mets uniform. You know, we saw Scherzer last year, but it's really going to be cool to see, you know, Verlander um, and his stuff, um, you know, for, for the Mets this year. Yeah, um, uh, I really wanted the Grom back. I was yeah. for the Grom. Mm-hmm. And then I saw how much he wanted and the mm. years. I'm like, yeah, bring on Verlander. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Scherzer, Scherzer, Verlander, the age scares me. Um, I expected them to at least get at least one Angelist throughout the season. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Kodai Sanga. I know the transition from Japan to here is always a hard one because I think the ball is bigger here and the stitching is different. It's a whole bunch of things mm. in Major League Baseball in the comparison. So I'm very excited for the ghost ball he throws. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it? Carrasco? I'm not expecting much from Carrasco. Yeah, though, I think with the Mets, the pitching staff is what concerns me the most. A lot of things has to go right. And with the age, scares me a lot, way too much. I think offensively, offensively will be real good. I think we have a lot of young players as well, a lot of leadership. But the pitching is what is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Brian, with you, I feel like you really like pitching. Do you feel the Mets pitching staff can uh, be elite? Good. Sorry. Did I say sorry for Hayden? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Mets pitching staff can be elite. With you got guys like Scherzer, um, like guys like Verlander. Um, I like Senga too. Um, I, I honestly feel like their their rotation is probably better. Much, I think their rotation is much better than the Yankees. To, to be perfectly honest with you, they have more star power. They have more um, guys who I feel like can can log more innings than the Yankees. Um, I feel like the the Mets starting rotation is going to be perfectly fine. Um, you know, I think there's maybe a little bit of depth, maybe some some concerns, but I think you have three of the best pitchers, two of the best pitchers in the, in the game, um, to really offset them losing to Grom. So, I mean, we'll see. I I definitely feel like they're going to be fine at, at, at the rotation. Um, losing Edwin Diaz is going to be a big, mm-hmm. big. That's right. uh, that was huge. Yes. But they also have David Robertson now, though, who will probably take over the closer role now. So that was actually a big signing. Now 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 thinking about it, um. So yeah, I feel like they're going to be okay. Um, they're going to weather the storm, and I definitely feel like their their rotation is going to be good enough where it's it's going it's going to be okay. Yes, Alex and Leo. Instead of hearing the trumpets, you're going to hear "Sweet Old Alabama." <laughs> um, is is not having Edwin Diaz the difference of a good season or not? Because I see some Mets fans saying the season was over as soon as uh, Diaz got hurt jumping around for Team Puerto Rico. I'm not. Yeah. Uh- I'm not going to say it's a lost season. You, you saw, you knew my initial reaction. Um, I was more mad that Mets fans were saying to cancel the World Baseball Classic um, because literally two days later, Brandon Nimmo got hurt sliding into second base. And I was like, oh, I never want to cancel spring training. Um, but it's just like, it was unfortunate. And, and you know, it sucks. We're going to miss the trumpets this year. That will be the show added the trumpet walkout to the game this year. 
and it's part of their soundtrack. So I have to hear it all the time while I play the game. So I get like very sad when I hear the trumpets <laughs> because I'm like, oh, so excited with the, this year with this team and to see him. Um, I think it's going to hurt, obviously, but I don't think it's going to kill the season. Um, I think some of the Mets fans were just a little uh, crazy, but there are also some of the same Mets fans that said two or three years ago that they didn't want Edwin on the team. So, um, you know, I think it sucks, but I hope he's still around, like the lead and be around with the team. Um, but again, it's next man up. Robinson now looks like a solid signing, and hopefully he holds things down for us. Um, or they find whoever, or they make a trade. Um, you know, I've seen things floating around that, you know, like Dave, like a guy like David Bendar, if the Pirates make him available, will the Mets go after him? And I think that would be a really good pickup if they do go after him. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, we like he's out and we it's a lost cause. It's going to hurt. Um, but like I said, he's the closer and it, it's awesome to have him. But like the Yankees lost Mo and they they tried to do the best they can. I think the Mets are going to do the best they can. They know they lost impact player, but again, it wasn't like a, a Lindor or a Alonzo or um, even you know like a McNeil or a Nimmo or like the the offensive guys that drive the game um, that we've lost. It's it's an unfortunate guy guy who we love who anchors and makes us feel now comfortable and confident that we're going to shut the game up when he's in and it's going to be tough. But like I said, someone's going to have to pick up in his role and know that they're filling some pretty big shoes, and I hope they can deliver, but I don't think it's like, oh, we lost him, and now this is a lost season. Yeah, it's definitely not a lost season, and you forget the biggest asset the Mets have is <laughs> Uncle Steve. Yep. Uncle mm-hmm. Steve. <laughs> and, and, and I learned anything is possible with that, man. Mm-hmm. So you already know they, they're going to play out the season, and throughout the trade, right before the trade deadline, they're going to see who's available, who's good, who's not, and let's see. And if we need another closer, we need another, another arm there, I'm pretty sure Uncle Steve will mm. come to All right, the big question I have to ask before we move on. At $288 million, the Mets clearly have the biggest payroll in baseball. With all that spending, can the Mets – win a World Series this year in year three of the five-year plan of a guaranteed World Series from Mr. Cohen and Uncle Stevie, as you say. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, I think they're in the running. I think they have the roster to do it. Um, Obviously, they spent like they want to win. And I hope they do, and I hope they compete. It's going to be a tough division. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Phillies especially with now having Trey Turner, who's an American hero for his, his own right. Uh, so I think a lot of people are sleeping on that team. Um, I think it's going to be really – and obviously the Braves. Um, I think it's going to be a three-team race for that division. It's going to be tough. Um, but I think the Mets have the depth to do it. I think they have the team to do it. I think they have the roster to do it. We got young talent that we just called down that probably should have been on the MLB roster and getting some experience with that team. Um but we'll see. I, you know, I know the Brett Beatty's of the world and Alvarez world are really just a phone call away. We can have them back. Um, but I think they want to see how this core develops first and they bring these guys along. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to say no. Uh, you know, I'm optimistic, which is shocking as a Mets fan, especially being a Mets fan these last few years has been rough. Um, but when you spend the money and you're trying to compete and you put you spend the money wisely, like Steve Cohen said he would, which I think he has um, with his acquisitions. Yeah, I think we have a shot. Um, 
you know, stranger things have happened. But like I said, I think this team is built to potentially win a World Series this year. Yeah, absolutely right. It could have been more. How much you said? 288. Could have been a lot more with Correa yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. more. Um, uh, oh, yeah. I'm expecting World Series or bust this year, honestly. Um, the Braves, They, I think the Braves are still top of the crop. They have won the division. I forget how many years in a row. The Phillies, the Phillies got, as we've seen, got hot last year. Mm-hmm. Straight to the World Series. That's baseball for you. Um, uh, San Diego, the Dodgers are all good. Uh, St. Louis is always there. But the Mets, like you said, listen. Verlander, Scherzer, Sengel, Lindor, Nemo. I think we have a great group of guys. We are talented. And I think this year, like last year, because I felt like last year we could have won it. Mm. Like this year we could have won, won it too. But if we don't lose any guys, we stay solid, I think we have a real legitimate time, ch- chance to win it all. Perfect. And the, I guess the only other concern with the East, with NL East, as you guys hit on pretty much, um, the Phillies, they are losing Reese Hoskins. Yeah. And he Which sucks. I feel bad for him. The Bryce Bryce contract, Bryce, contract uh, year and all, too. Andy Swanson, so. Swanson went to the Cubs. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Bryce Harper won't be returning to at least the All-Star break. Yeah, but then you have the Mash Brothers back when you have Schwarber and Harper together and now Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. And JT Ramuto. So that that that's what I'm saying. That team scares me. Because once they all once, Har- once Harper comes back, I really think that team is gonna flip yeah. a switch. Like they're gonna be crazy. If only so. they got a solid ace, because I know the Aaron Nola deals I believe were aren't yeah. weren't going anywhere. No, he's supposed to go to hit for agency, yeah. Is the pitch oh, he's, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be pitching for a new contract. So yeah. you know he's gonna be on it. And Wheeler's already on one. Yeah. He should thanks, Will Ponce. Sorry. <laughs> right, he should, he should have definitely stayed with the Mets. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but it looks like it's clearly going to be a three-headed monster. All three put, can make the playoffs. They can make that wild card round, won't go in the division, and uh, watch out for the NLEs. And also for the ALEs, guys, you have teams like an improving Baltimore Orioles franchise. You got the Rays doing well, a little with a lot. Uh, sorry, a lot with a little. The Red Sox are clearly rebuilding. Do we see that those three teams being a threat to the Yankees at all? Um, I mean, I think the biggest threat is going to be Toronto. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, duh, Toronto and the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. Everyone has to beat this year. Um, I th- I, th- I think they're a little bit overhyped. I, everyone loves their pitching. They have the three added pitching. They got three pitchers. Um, they got Manoa. Um, they have a pretty good team. Um, so I mean, I'm not necessarily as high on the the Blue Jays, but everyone else is very high on them. Um, I feel like that's our biggest threat in the, the AL East right now. Um, I would not sleep on the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, I say watch yeah. out for them. They had a huge improvement last year. I want to say they they did. 20, 20 more games improvement from the previous year last year. Um, and then Adley Rushman's coming back. Um, they have a they, they have a really good team on the, the the Orioles. So I would say the Orioles and the um actually in the the Orioles and Blue uh, Jays are our biggest threats right now in the in the AL East. Um, I think it's gonna be a, a, I think it's gonna be a mainly a two team race between us, us and Toronto. But I feel like Baltimore's going to hang hanging all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say I agree. Um, I think Toronto, for me, they were my team. I thought they were going to win the division last year. I think they were one of my more disappointing teams. Um, I think just injuries and some other things. Just, you know, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero was very up and down, which was shocking to me. Um, but I think all these guys are ready. Um, 
and you know, hoping that bounce back years. But yeah, I like Aiden said, I'm really looking at Baltimore. I think they're a dark horse team. I think they're gonna be really, really, really fun to watch. They have a lot of young talent coming up. I know they they didn't bring up uh Grayson uh, Rodriguez, the top pitching prospect. I think a lot of people were thinking he was gonna break out of camp, but he kind of struggled at times. So they're gonna have him in triple A for a little while, uh, and then they'll have him probably back up. But I think the Blue Jays are gonna be really or uh, sorry, the Orioles are gonna be a really, really fun team. I think the Blue Jays are kind of the team, like Aiden said, that that will probably poise the biggest threat to the Yankees right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Orioles improve and really shock everyone just because there's a the young, talented team uh, with a good mix of veterans as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Toronto really upgraded their rotation. They, mm. they got uh, Manoa, they got um, Gosman too. Um, Jose Barrios, I mean, even though he's inconsistent last year, is usually – Really reliable stars. So those are your top four stars. I feel like that's pretty good. Um, Barrios had a very uh, he had a rough year last year, but Jose Barrios is usually one of those guys who's yeah been a consistent starter in the league. He did like 107 two innings last year, and he's going to bounce back. So I mean that the top four of their rotation are pretty good for Toronto. Come on with the offense they have, and come on Biggio, um, Bobachet. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat all year. George Springer too, returning from injury. Mm-hmm. A lot of sluggers. And, um, you yeah, know, they, they could have made a push last year. Uh, Toronto. Yeah, I feel like we always choose Toronto, and then they always <laughs> fumble. We always, they always fumble the ball. Yeah, we, we usually did, yeah. yeah we usually so, did. Uh, I think this is the Yankees' division to lose. Um, uh, Boston just punted away the season once they didn't sign Bogarts. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like they just – they might be the bottom of that barrel there. Good. So. Nobody's that good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, ta- we never talk about Tampa Bay, but they always just appear. Yeah, they, yeah. they, just, they just linger. So don't overlook them. But yeah, the Yankees, the Yankees cannot lose the division and straight to the playoffs for them. I'll go for the uh, time to, the bra- the Bombers division to win and the Bombers division to lose. Quickly in the AL Central, guys, you got the teams. You know, probably literally the most boring division in baseball. I mean, the Detroit <laughs> Tigers, what are they going to do? Kansas City, Minnesota. <laughs> I think um, Kansas City's over under is like, over, like just 65. Um, Chicago with the new, with so much talent that they just don't know what to do with. And then Cleveland, I think, just has a chance to repeat there. Anything mm. out of this the division uh, sticks out to you guys? Maybe Minnesota can uh, figure something out. They blew their division last year. I think this is their division to win. Um, um it, I, interesting. I'll, I'll let I'll let you guys go on this one. Yeah, I, I was gonna say just props to Andres Jimenez, uh getting the bag. Um yeah, he, how got about that? Kind of, I think he got the largest uh, uh like that like non arbitration contract for pre arbitration contract for an infielder. Um I loved him as a Met. I really wanted him to stick around. I know we moved him for Lindor and you know, that's worked out so far. Um very even trade. So, so I think it's really worked out for them. Um, so, congrats to him. I think it's well deserved uh, that he got the bag, especially the season he had last year. Um, so, what is with him? Yeah, I, I really think it's probably going to the Guardians division to lose again. Um, I just always think they're a solid team. They're well run. They have always great pitching. It's really weird. Um, they just always have pitching prospects coming up. It seems left and right, and they have just a really young core of infielders. So. Uh, I, like I said, I really think it's their division to lose, and 
you know, I think the Twins made some moves to try to compete in there, but I really don't think at the end of the day they're going to win the division. Like I said, I think it's going to be the Guardians. And, you know, I, I know I hyped up with the White Sox a few years back. That's fallen off. I still love Tim Anderson. He's one of my favorite players in the league. But uh, I really have to see how they start this year to really kind of see if this is like an actual team round. They have a lot of talent, and they, they look like they have a lot of promise. But at the end of the day, we've seen that before with this White Sox team. So, like I said, I think the Guardians – should win the central this year. Yeah. I'm I really am rooting for Minnesota just because I'm a big Byron Buxton fan, but mm-hmm. he's, he's always hurt. He is always and hurt. Now, and especially with Korea, like we predict he's gonna be always hurt as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, every other team yeah, yeah. every every other team thought he was gonna be hurt all year. Right, yeah. exactly. So I think it'll be a great story if those two stay healthy and just put up big numbers and actually win the division. But Cleveland have, does have the pitching, they just did breed pitching in that yeah. organization. I think that's what's gonna make them win the division. Um uh <laughs> The White Sox, that's another team that always hurt. Luis Roberts, Elo Jimenez, Tim Anderson, those guys are always hurt. Kansas City might be fun. I'm a big Whit, Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Melendez. So, and then forget about Detroit. Detroit is not. He's it's relevant. the final year of Miggy Cabrera. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? That made a storyline. And, and if Spencer Torkelson can turn it around, I think that's a lot of what a lot of people are looking for the Tigers. Okay. Number one pick in the draft, really a struggle on as he made it to the majors. Is this his breakout year? I think that's yeah. what a lot of people are thinking. Are, are we getting a farewell? Things. Are we getting a farewell tour? Well, uh, Mickey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he should get nice. one. He should. He should. I feel. Like, I feel like we're getting one every year now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So a lot of the guys we grew up with are getting yeah, old. They're retiring. It's like, crazy. Yeah. Getting old. I. Uh, I mean, I. I like Chicago. Actually, I feel like that's the most talented team on the offensive side of the, of the ball. Uh, they got Ben Attendee. Um, mm. I like that move. Oh, that's I like great. Dylan C. Luis Robert Mancada. Um, Tim Anderson, I feel like Eloy Jimenez, that's by far the most talented team in the division. I'm, I'm going to take them to win the division, uh, the White Sox. No, it's like it, it would be nice if, if people even knew the Chicago White Sox exist because I don't even think people know they exist in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever met a human being in my life who's honestly said that they're from Chicago and for the White Sox. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, don't think I, I, I guess only Obama, but we, I haven't met him. I, I have yet to <laughs> ever met, him, yeah. meet someone in my life who honestly says they root for the White Sox and is from Chicago. Yeah. I don't know if that's just me, but I mean, it, there is no more irrelevant team in in a state than than probably like there to there. <laughs> I don't even think anyone knows. People wouldn't even know that the Chicago Cubs they even is the second team in Chicago. That's how irrelevant they are. Yeah. So it would be nice if they if they were to win the division, maybe make some noise in the playoffs, kind of prove that mm-hmm. Chicago does have another team. So I mean, I, I think Chicago White Sox are the best team in the division. That's what I take. Um, but I mean, yeah, I like Cleveland too, though. They have a lot of young talent and a lot of pitching. So, and for the NL Central, it seems it's going to be a battle between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Cubs still try to figure it out, but they did get some solid pickups in the offseason. You know, the Pirates and Reds just don't count. Um, they just they don't even care, or their owners. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be between those two teams. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think I think before our, our baseball group chat was made, uh, I think I sent it in the football chat. But the crazy fact, I don't know, Leo, if you saw this, I was dying laughing. But Ken Griffey Jr. is the fourth 
highest yeah. paid player on the Reds this year. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, that high, cool. think everyone settled that he hasn't played baseball in like a decade. Mm-hmm. And because of a contract he signed in like 2000. Yeah, he, he deferred money. Contracts like the, the Bonilla contract. Yeah, yeah, Bonilla contract. He's, <laughs> and he's, he's and the Reds, he's the fourth highest played player on the Reds. That's that's how you know the team is just not trying. Is if KB <laughs> Jr. is your fourth highest player this year. Oh, man, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Man, that's pretty bad. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think I give a slight edge to the to the stuff for me to say. Who who won the division last year? Yeah, such a, the uh, it was it was it was t- it was a battle, but it, yeah, the Cardinals pulled like Bruce had that weird thing at the deadline where they like sold, but like they sold everybody, they, like sold they everyone, but like still they, competing. Um, they yeah, they got a Yeah, so last year the the Cardinals ended up winning the division. Um, I mean, I guess I'm going with the Cardinals again. But I mean, it's going to be neck and neck between the Brewers and Cardinals again. Don't forget, Christian Yelich still plays. I mean, those two teams are going to beat up on everyone else. I mean, I think it's really. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. The Pirates, you get to play. Like you know, that's the, the probably the two worst teams in the league. You could say, yeah, yeah for sure. Central. Yeah, I mean, you have the Athletics too, who are awful as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are really bad. So. Yeah, I think it's Cardinals for sure. I have the Cardinals a slight edge, uh, just because Arnado and uh, Goldschmidt are just reigning MVP. Yeah, just reigning MVP. Yeah, you, you have you have yeah. I mean, you have some teams right now that are really bad. Like the Nationals can be really bad. The Pirates yeah. are really bad. The Rangers, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of ugly looking teams this year for sure. How do you right. think those spring trainings go down? Like, if you're in the Brewers, not the if you're like in the Pirate system, if you're for the Reds, how do you go to spring training and just know, oh, wow, this team might not win sixty games? <laughs> hey, but if you want, if you play in that organization, you know you got a job. Like, hey, I'm yeah, I'll we'll take the job. <laughs> yeah, you take take the job, and then hopefully you get traded if you do well, right? Like, you're like, yeah, oh, exactly. you know, I do well here in like two years. I'm gone. Like, you know, like if if like Hunter Green becomes like an ace, right? Like, <laughs> he might be looking around, and be like. Yankees, come call exactly. someone. The get, Pirates, get me away from me. Right. <laughs> the Pirates literally are, you know, they really are a, uh, it's almost like a minor league system for yeah. other teams. Like, yeah. if you look at the alumni that's come there, it would bother you. Garrett Cole and like. Well, same Pirates. thing with the Nationals, too. The Nationals. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah the, the, but the Pirates are, they're like a, a self-inflicted train right because yeah, they just don't want to spend money and then uh-huh. they don't draft well and then they bring like andrew mccutcheon back this year for like a pr thing <laughs> and you're like why it's like oh so people like will watch andrew mccutcheon again in a pirate's uniform like when we were all growing up be like this dude's so fun to watch but now he's like 30 something years old and he's not yeah. the same guy but he's back in a pirate's uniform it's just like a really bizarre thing and i know pirates fans are frustrated and i feel bad because that market is extremely great obviously we see what the hell they are as, as football fans they're equally as excited yeah. for baseball but they're not showing up because their owner doesn't even yeah. want to show up. So, you know, I, it, it sucks for some of the historic franchise to go through what they're doing. But like I said, it's all self-inflicted. If they wanted to spend a little more money here and there and, and actually invest in having a competitive team, I think they'd be a really fun team to watch. But because it's not the case, we always laugh at them because we know they're insta-lock for the top five pick of the draft. Yeah, it's, it's a, a beautiful shame. park for no reason. Exactly. Oh, it's a beautiful park. That's right. What a what a 
What a sad tragedy in Pittsburgh baseball. Now, the other last two divisions hit on. First, the AL West. Really interesting to hit on here. First, my question here with the AL Central. Sorry, sorry, the AL West. We have the Astros and the Angels, I think, will be the two teams to battle it out. Really? You don't like plus the, the no, I was going to say plus the Mariners could be very, could be in there as well. And uh, those two teams really made some cool offseason moves. The Mariners had a nice Cinderella story. And they really competed. Astros are starting the season without Jose Altuve getting hurt in the world baseball classic. And then the Rangers, obviously they had some two big uh, Cy Young caliber pitchers in there and add on to the position players they added last year. And um, it's going to be very interesting. You know, like I said, the athletics are out there to die. People are having sex in the stands. It's just, uh, just waiting to see when they go to (laughs) Vegas. So clearly it's going to be a very interesting division. AL West thoughts guys. Uh, um, I was going to say, I'm excited to see for the Angels, but I always feel like they're like the team that always disappoints us. Just think of last year. They're on such a hot hot start. We're like, oh, Trout and Otani finally going to be in the playoffs. And then everything just nosedive. Um, So, you know, I I want to, I wish nothing but success for the Angels for Mike Trout, Jersey's finest, probably the best baseball player in Jersey, one of at least. Um, mm-hmm. And I want him to finally get back in postseason. Same with Otani. Again, everyone forgets Otani's last year of his contract this year. I think if yeah. they lose, I think there's going to be a huge shift on what happens with Otani's decision come the offseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Astros are going to run away with it, and the Angels are going to be a team to watch. I just want them in the wild card in the postseason. Um, you know, I think the Rangers made moves. Obviously, they get the Grom, and I think they can be an interesting team to watch. But I don't think they're going to have enough to make the playoffs at least this year. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Mariners should be fun to watch. Obviously, with Julio Rodriguez, and then the Athletics are the Athletics who just are going to let one of their best players in strength training, Christian Pache, just like walk or get released or not. I don't even know. Uh, it's bizarre <laughs> what they're doing. But again, typical A's move. Guy bats 320. Okay, let's release him. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I think the Astros will most likely win this division as usual. They're the Astros. Um, but, you know, I, I really want to see the Angels have success, and I really hope, you know, they make it back to the playoffs this year. Yeah, um, uh, Astros all the way on this division, but the Angels, Seattle, and Texas should be fun to watch. That's really like they're gonna be fighting for the wild card. But the Angels is <laughs> you, you have hope, you know, because obviously with Altani and Trout, and uh, with them is more interesting because you know if they don't get into a hot start. But then I have nowhere near the playoff race. Otani is going to be the talk of the town. He's going to be mm-hmm. talking the trade talks. Where's where he going? Dodgers, Mets. So just pay attention to that. Texas is spending, we talked about the Mets, but Texas has been spending money mm-hmm. since last year and they're not even close to the playoffs. So, <laughs> so that's another team. And Seattle, Seattle's a great team. I think they, they might be the closest to Houston. And um, 
and that one of my favorite players, Julio Rodriguez, and uh, yeah, he's taking the league by storm. Yeah, so I think if any team could beat Houston, it's Seattle. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm taking Houston to win the division, but I do think the gap is closing at a, at a, at a higher rate than we previously thought. Um. Seattle's going to make it tough for them the whole year. Great point there. Yes, it's closing. If they want to keep winning rings, this is the one. I think they are. Houston really is the best team in baseball on paper, fundamentally, and with an incredible front office. When people leave, they just have someone step up right away in this decade of, or in this era. We'll say dominance. Yeah, they've won only two World Series in the past five years, but definitely trying to get that third one so they can say they could prove it and um, watch out for Houston. And then for the NL West, again, this is going to be a lot of fun here. You have the Dodgers, you know, Dodgers being the Dodgers, but I think they are their um, era of playing insane baseball is coming to an end as well. You know, they are expected the over under number is 96 and a half. But again, I think the gap is closing on them. And the real team to watch out is San Diego. And um, in a year where they have players like Xander Bogarts and Juan Soto, and you want, we'll talk about another owner spending that owner's giving it all. San Diego is going to be a hot team in the end now. And, yeah, you know, in jet. You know, hopefully Tatis doesn't take another pill to make his dick bigger. So hopefully. <laughs> and exactly, exactly, Hayden, exactly. And, you know, the thing with this also is it seems that the it is really the AL is between the Yankees and the Astros while the NL is wide open. And the uh, NL West is going to have some of those teams there to really compete. How do we like this division? Uh, it's It's always tough for me. To pick the NLS every year. I know I like can easily go Dodgers because it's the Dodgers and they're so successful. But you know they've had their injuries uh, this year. Then I, I think Walker Bueller's out for a majority of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They yes. lost Gavin Lux for the whole year. Um, so you know there's definitely some key people missing on this team. But it's the Dodgers again. Same with the, the Guardians. They just always seem to have some random pitcher that can come in and just. Be a Cy Young candidate out of nowhere. Don't know why, but it's just them. Um, but yeah, the Padres went all in. Uh, they spent big. You know, they got Xander on that team. Um, they obviously are waiting for Tatis to come back, and hopefully he stays in line. He's arguably, probably top five most exciting player in the league to watch at any given moment. Hopefully he learned his, uh, from his mistake and can, you know, stay off whatever he was doing because, God, that whole thing was a mess. Um, He's playing outfield now, right? He might. Like, I don't know what they're planning to do with him. It, it, we'll see. I think he's coming back within the next few weeks. Thinks late April he's eligible to be reinstated. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they do. Like, I don't know if they slide. Because it's weird because with Machado and they put all the money to Xander, do they slide Tatis the second? But then what do you do with Cronenworth? It's, you know, they move Cronenworth. The first. It's just like a whole weird <laughs> dynamic for this Padres team, but I guess it's good to spend big and have this problem and not have this problem at all. And obviously their pitching is really solid. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be a battle this year, at least between the Dodgers and the Padres. I think the Giants could be a sneaky team, but I don't think they have enough of a roster to really emulate the success that we've seen them, uh, you know, in the past. Um, Rockies are the Rockies. 
they have their fun moments, but they're going to be trash. Because uh, Chris Bryant's on that team for yes, yeah, who knows Why? What, what that team's doing? Because the Rockies were the only team stupid enough to give him a contract that they gave him. I don't know why they did it, but they did. Um, the Diamondbacks again, they're rebuilding. There's a couple fun young players on that team, but again, they're probably not going to be successful. So uh, I really think this this year at least it's going to be the Dodgers Padres battle. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants sneak in there. Um, but I'm going to go with the Padres this year. I just really like them, um, and I think they're going to kind of just overtake the Dodgers. It's going to be really close, but I think they're going to win the division this year. Yeah, I, I'm with uh, I'm with Alex on this. I think they're going to win it this year. This is this is the year they finally win it. The Padres they're going to overtake the Dodgers. Yeah, San Diego they better win the division. Honestly, I feel like Dodgers are not the. I mean, they're not star study anymore, but they still have Freeman and Fats there, but they're not as heavy as they used to be. <laughs> Let me talk about the Giants, though. <laughs> no one had a sadder offseason than the Giants. Because <laughs> denied, denied, denied. They, they settled for it. Our, our favorite Matt, Michael Conforto. <laughs> <laughs> That's your big win this year. Yes. Um, uh, but the Giants, yeah, they're going to be the third California team. But San Diego, man, I feel like I can't wait to see those guys. Machado, Bogart, Tatis. Oh, that team is. And the pitching, Darvish, Musgrove, Snell. Now, yeah. Like, yo, that team is stacked, man. And they, I feel like they're the favorites, honestly. But they, they beat them in the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah. They did. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, the yeah, Padres beat so, the Mets and then the lost to the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, so I know they feel real good. So now the next step is win the division and win the World Series. All the way up. You know, one thing I think is cool, guys, is the fact that Interleague will be all year round in the, again, traditionalists might not like it, but the fact that every single team will have at least one series home and away. And, um, you know, that does decrease division play, but um, I think that's a cool factor coming into this mm. season. Do you think the same way? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Back there, yeah. For sure. And my last question here before we do those future picks with Otani, right? Do we think Otani again reckon they do not go on a hot start? They they know it's a lost cause, it's mediocre, and they can sell Otani. Do you think if the Angels do bad in the first half of the season, is Otani gone? Yes. Ugh, yeah, I, uh, I think so, because I could see the Angels easily hitting the panic button. And <laughs> instead of losing him for nothing, they would probably get one of the biggest hauls in trade history, yeah. if anything, yeah. for whoever I, uh, uh, get, gets him. So I can easily see him be gone if the Angels struggle out of the gate. No, I, I disagree. I think you have the history. Wait, can you just repeat that one more time? Um the mic went in and out. Well, I I completely disagree with you guys. I think you have the greatest two-way player in the history of the game. Um, in addition to the, probably the greatest player since Mantle, like their window is closing. Like with these two players, their window is completely closing. You have to do whatever you can to keep these two guys together. And, and I, yeah, I, I agree absolutely with you. do not think they're gonna they're gonna trade Otani. Like I, I I agree with you, but like I said, I can see the Angels panic. Like I want Otani and Trout to be together for the next. 10 years. Like, I really do. But if Otani is like, yeah, I'm not entertaining any contract extension. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, if that comes out, 
where he's like, yeah, I'm not staying. I, that Then you have the thing the Angels or their hands are for. I think the same thing happened with Soto. I think Soto, the Nationals really wanted him to stay there, but they just couldn't budge on any contract negotiations. So instead of being like, you know what, we might as well yeah. get him when it's, when it's his values at its peak instead of us waiting two years and then losing him for nothing. I, mean, I If they were to trade him or whatever – I can't even imagine the price they would have to give up to get Otani. I mean, it would be more than Soda. And Soda, yeah, they got a haul. If I was thinking yeah. about money that they would give him, like if I were just signing a free agent contract for Otani, he would probably get close to a billion dollars. Like, I'm not yeah. even. I was, me and Matt, I think we were talking about this the other day. I'm like, what? You'd have to get does Otani's price get tag. 600 million, I would think. Yeah. I, would, I would think something. the first ever. It would be over, I, it would be, I think, easily over 500 million. I would think he could command that uh, much money. And I think someone would probably pay the price. Uh, and Mike Trout, Mike Trout. He doesn't appear to be this superhuman baseball player anymore. You know, he's slowly decreasing his talent. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt now, and uh, it, so I feel like the angels, uh, the angels, will see him not being the same player, and they're gonna be like, you know what, we haven't gone to the playoffs at all. You know what, it's time to trade Otani to get to start this whole thing all over again. Yeah, like I, I, I would hate, like I said. I'm not in agreement for them to trade Otani. I want him to stick. I'm a big proponent of sticking like at the same spot, but I think they would have to think really long and hard jump the trade deadline if he's either not signing an extension or if the team is just absolute shambles, no shot of yeah, the postseason. Trout got 12 years, 426 million for the Angels, and like yeah. he's he's worth. He's worth every penny of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and like I'm just I'm thinking about Otani. Otani's probably going to get 150 million more than that. So I think yeah, I would think so. He's going to get 600 million yeah. probably. Yeah. Everybody's got a price, right? Yeah. Like he's going to get the, the highest contract in the history of sports. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. One as a pitcher and one as a hitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see who's going to get the ultimate prize of the Otani Award. So. Let's talk right now. It is March 28th, 2023. Let us pick our World Series futures. I want you to tell me who's going to win the AL, who's going to win the NL, and who's going to win it all. And for me, I think it's going to be a rematch of the 1998 World Series. You have the Yankees and the Padres. I think the Yankees, once the the rotation goes back to normal and everybody is healthy, they'll finally be lights out. You'll have... Aaron Judge play like an MVP. I don't know if he's going to hit 60 plus 61 home runs again, but I think he will 62 home runs. I think he will be all-star MVP caliber. I think Anthony Volpe is going to win your rookie of the year. I think things are going to click finally. And if they don't, they're just going to restart it again and trick us and think it's going to get better. But we're going to have that Yankee pride on that one. And then for the Padres, who have the potential with one of the best rotations in baseball, like you said, with Darvish and Snell and all those guys, plus a lethal position player crew. And if they all play to their top level, that's an all-star team in itself. So the Padres win the NL, Yankees win the AL, and I will go with the guts 
and the heart in a seven-game series that the Yankees win their first World Series in 14 years and the first in the Judge era with a Yankees-Padres World Series and a Yankees winning 28 once and for all. Wow. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll keep the bias train going. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I love, yeah, like I said, way too early prediction, so come All-Star time, I will have my probably a little bit more sophisticated right. take. Uh, but, uh, which feels like it's a million miles away, but it's going to come by super quick. But uh, I'm going to definitely end out with the Mets. I think this year, I think they're going to rally with Edward being hurt. I think they're going to fire it off cylinders. Uh, I really liked how the team was last year. I think they came really together well. They gelled really well. I think Buck really got them in line. Um, so excited to year two of, of having Buck as, as the manager. And I think he's going to guide this team and, and be super successful. Uh, so I think they're going to have a fun run, and I think they're going to make it uh, out of the NL. The AL is is super tough uh, for me. I think there's a handful of teams, uh, but I'm going to go with the Astros as usual. Uh, they've just been dominating the AL. I don't see any of them slowing down, barring a, a, a mirage of injuries, which I will never hope on any team whatsoever. Uh, so I'm going to go with Mets, Astros, and I'm obviously the bias. I'm going to go with the Mets winning the World Series this year. And then how many games for that? Oh, you want me game pick too? Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go Mets in six. Great. Um, for me, you know, I saw an interview of Derek Jeter, and he said the 2000 Subway Series. He said there's one series that we cannot cannot lose at all because he knows Mets fans would never let him let it live it down. So I thought about, you know what? He's right. <laughs> so I want, I'm dying to see another sub, sub mm, I love it. I, yeah. I, I, I need one. Uh, I was a kid when that happened. And the Yankees, Mets, Subway Series Part 2. I, I'm, that's, that's my only dream this year. And uh, Game seven, Mets all the way. There we go. Love Mets it. Mets changed the world. That was my backup option. I was going to go to. But last year I predicted, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken. So I got to get new material this year. Uh, I'm going to take the bias out of it. I'm going to go um, probably the Astros and the Padres. Mm, okay. Mm. But, um, I mean, I honestly, I, I think the big surprise team is going to be Chicago White Sox. Like, I would not be surprised if they represent the AL in the World Series this year. Like I, I think they're gonna be really, really good this year. Like I, I think it's gonna be the. I, I have the Padres and the um and the Astros right now, but I would not be surprised if Chicago made the World Series. Chicago or the Yankees, two other teams. Hey, just just to let you know, I went on Matt knows. I went on the White Sox hype train like last year or two years ago. It was immediately disappointed. So just get ready. To be saddened by the White Sox. This year is a little different. I have a feeling. All right. And how many games was that World Series, Hayden? Um, I think I'll take the Astros in six. All right. Great stuff, gentlemen. Well, this, we're on the brink of a very fun baseball season, guys. So let us enjoy every step of the way. We're going to have a lot of great content for these next six months. And hopefully by the fall time when everybody's older and wiser, one of our World Series predictions will be coming true. So thanks again, guys. Let's have a good season, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Hayden, A. Young, and Leo, great job, gentlemen. Enjoy a good day, everyone. Have a good night.
Look at that. Great job, gentlemen. Awesome stuff. Awesome takes. Awesome stories. And that was a really great show. Very, very happy. And I can't wait to see where we go with this all season long. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We are going to continue a very busy and very stellar week of podcasts. The last three days of this week will be nothing but great content. So tomorrow, March 30th, we are going to preview the final four, which includes the University of Connecticut. Yeah, boy. Great job, Huskies, on being in there. We are going to talk about UConn versus Miami, the Miami Hurricanes and the UConn Huskies. And then we're going to talk about FAU versus San Diego State University. The final four this year, who would have thought that a four, a nine, and two fives would make the final four? Pretty exciting stuff, am I right? So we will talk about the final four and preview those matchups and pick our championship and winner That'll take place on Thursday. And then on Friday, to kick off your weekend, we are dropping our WrestleMania preview podcast. WrestleMania is this weekend, and we're bringing back Ryan Page and AJ, the man with this. And it's pretty cool stuff. You know, Hayden won't be able to do the college basketball show, so we are really showcasing our talent. We had Hayden Nadler, Alex Young, and Leon. Andrew Rodriguez today. We have Brandon Gutierrez and Alex Ranelio tomorrow. And then Friday, we have Ryan Page and AJ, the man, AJ Fernandez. Awesome stuff. Awesome, awesome stuff. Really, really awesome stuff. And words can't describe how much I appreciate all of them. I am very lucky to have this great team of collaborators and podcasters with me. And we're going to keep growing this brand and be as big as possible. So... We're just on the road to some greatness, huge success, notoriety, and positive influence. So let us get back on the horse. Let us ride into the sunset and let us get ready for the next show and then the amazing quality content after that. So thank you to Alex Young, Hayden Nadler, and Leandro Rodriguez for being a part of the show today. Thank you to Alex DeJesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for his contributions as the associate producer. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us each week and just being absolutely incredible. You know how much I love each and every single one of you. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. And I will see you all tomorrow to talk all things Final Four. So until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.